0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-973-7425. As always, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can find me around the internet with that. I'll send you back a bunch of links around the internet, uh, the show notes, the podcast, the live stream. And if you text ERIC to 33777, remember it's E-R-I-C-K to 33777, uh, when it's time to pre-order my new book, I'll send you a link so that you can pre-order the new book. It comes out at the beginning of next year. Not yet ready for pre-ordering. We're still in the editing process. Um, I got to begin on a very serious note here. Um... We are now at the end of the first month of this nightmare in Israel, and I want to begin the show. We'll get to the poll numbers, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, the Siena College poll, all of that, but I I actually think this is important enough. I want to say it at the beginning of the show, particularly I want to speak to my Jewish friends and Jewish audience listeners. I've been... I felt very guilty the number of people who were Jewish who have sent me things in the mail. I have gotten bottles of bourbon and boxes of cigars and and boxes of treats. uh, one couple does goodie baskets, and they sent me one loaded up with a, a lot of different treats. Um, and I, I feel guilty because they're sending me stuff to tell me, thank you for having their back. And and I, I think if everyone was with them, they wouldn't feel the need to single me out. And yet they do because I think what they see in the media, uh, so much of the world around them, makes them feel like they are alone um, in a mass of insanity. The sane among the insane. So if I can just just here at the beginning, let me talk to my Jewish friends who have spent a month in a nightmare. What went from being a, a supposed attack on Israel is very clearly a the sudden surge of anti-Semitism, not from the right but from the left and around the world. I mean, you have people at the White House over the weekend were really legitimately chanting death to the Jews. They were literally calling Israel a genocidal nation that needs to be exterminated. They were calling for the extermination of Israel. They were putting bloodied handprints on the White House wall, a fiery but mostly peaceful protest that ABC News calls a passionate protest. The vandalism was passionate. Uh, If that was passionate, so was January 6th. So my Jewish listeners and friends... First, I want you to know I don't support Israel because of some misinterpreted evangelical prophecy in the Bible. I actually do not know a Christian. I'm sure there are some in mostly charismatic denominations and dispensationalists who have some belief about the final battle uh, of the apocalypse at Armageddon and it'll be Christians versus Jews and we've got to reestablish Israel to fulfill all these prophecies to bring about the second coming of Christ to kill everybody, including the Jews. I, I, I don't actually know anyone who believes that. And every time this comes up of why evangelicals support Israel, I'm told that's why from people who aren't evangelicals, I'm told that's why evangel. as an evangelical Christian who's pretty open about my faith, I don't know anyone who believes that in the church. Seems a lot of people outside the church seem to believe a lot of people in the church believe that. I'll tell you what I believe as a Christian. I believe there's good and there's evil. And what happened to Israel was evil and Israel is on the good side, so I support Israel because I support good over evil and good must triumph over evil and Hamas is evil. I support Israel because I'm an American. I'm an American who believes in America, the promise of America. America is a shining city on a hill. I'm not ashamed of America's history. I'm not ashamed of this country, and I believe this country has an obligation to support other democracies in the world where we can. And Israel is a democracy surrounded by dictatorships, many of which are ruthless, cruel, and legitimate ideological heirs of the Nazi party. The Ba'athist party of Syria, the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, they all descend from the ideological successors of the Nazi party. So Israel is literally a country surrounded by the successor parties of the Nazis. We should be on the side of Israel, not the Nazis. We should be on Israel's side as a democracy. We should be on Israel's side as the only legitimate democracy in the Middle East. I'm for Israel because I'm a human being. And after the Holocaust, humanity said never again, and there are a whole lot of people marching in the streets around the world today who have forgotten that, don't believe it was true, have decided they're Holocaust deniers. But I believe we have an obligation to say never again, and Hamas inflicted the worst death toll against Jews since the Holocaust, we should stand up against Hamas. And I support Israel because I believe in the truth. I believe in absolute truth. I don't believe in, in relative truths. I believe in absolute truth. And the absolute truth is there was a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, and Hamas broke that ceasefire a month ago tomorrow on October seventh, 2023. And they not only broke that ceasefire, they did so in the most monstrous, savage, evil way possible, and so they should be sent to hell, every last one of them. Hamas should burn in hell. And so I support Israel's right to send Hamas to the gates of hell. Pro-Hamas supporters like to chant, free Palestine, river to sea. It's a call for the elimination of Israel. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of Michigan has been denounced by the Michigan Attorney General for saying it's an aspirational call. Yeah, it's an aspirational call for Jewish genocide. That's exactly what it is. I support Israel from River to Sea, and I support a Jewish-led peace from River to Sea. Now, there are lots of people who say, what about the Palestinians? What about the Palestinians? Shouldn't you support the Palestinians? Well, the Palestinians elected Hamas to be their leaders. They had a choice, and they chose Hamas. And now they've been imprisoned, not by Israel, but by Hamas. To the extent there's genocide being committed, it's by Hamas against the Jews and against their own people who they're using as human shields. Now, you listen to me very carefully. Those of you are like, what about the poor Palestinians? The poor Palestinians elected a government called Hamas that now chooses to use those same Palestinian citizens as human shields. If you're outraged on behalf of the Palestinian people, you should be demanding Hamas lay down their arms and hand over the hostages, not support a ceasefire of Israel. To the extent any of you support a ceasefire, you're supporting the genocide of the Jewish people. You are supporting the rearmament of Hamas. If you really care about peace in the Middle East, you would be loudly demanding Hamas surrender, lay down its arms, and give up its hostages. And I would note how very few of you are when you say you care about the Palestinian people. You don't really care about the Palestinian people. You hate the Jews, but you can't say that, so you say, I care about the Palestinian people too. No, you don't care about the Palestinian people, or you would be demanding Hamas lay down its arms, surrender, and give up its hostages because it's Hamas using these people as human shields. It's not Israel willfully exterminating the Palestinians. It's Hamas holding the innocent people in front of them so they get hit by the bullets instead of Hamas. You should be condemning Hamas, and you're not. And it's very telling you more moral cowards who scream about supporting the Palestinian people that you never say, release the hostages, surrender Hamas, lay down your arms. No, it's all about what Israel must do. Poor Israel. Israel must lay down its arms. Israel must have a ceasefire. Israel must stop. Israel should not stop until every last member of Hamas is dead in the street. Unfortunately for Israel, the American administration of Joe Biden is surrounded with a bunch of people who were complicit in causing the problem. The CIA, the CIA director, William Burns, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Council advisor, all of these people were complicit in funding Iran, which funded Hamas. They all knew Iran would do this. They all said Iran funds terrorism around the world and still they wanted to fund Iran. And so these very same people who are working for peace in the Middle East are the ones who funded the war that cost 1,400 Israeli citizens their lives. This administration, when the Palestinian protesters put their bloody handprints on the White House wall, in irony, they thought it was about Palestinian lives, but actually it was the Jewish lives that this administration cost. It was the Jewish lives in Israel, all 1,400 of them, that the Biden administration was complicit in killing because the Biden administration that now seeks peace is the Biden administration that funded the war machine of Iran to fund Hamas. They're not going to put that genie back in the bottle. Meanwhile, in the Biden administration, they are surrounded with pro-Iran, pro-Hamas protesters. The Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has had to do a struggle session at the sta- at the Department of State. What is a struggle session? Back in communist China. They would surround people with students, and the students would yell and vent and insult the people in what was called a struggle session, opening people's eyes to the sins and grievances that they had caused and committed. And that's what Anthony Blinken has had to do at the State Department. He's had to allow the pro-Hamas sympathizing employees to come in, and instead of firing them, he let them lecture him on how we need to be on the side of the Palestinian people. What they really mean is be against Israel and for Hamas. They want a ceasefire. They want a ceasefire so Hamas can rearm. They're either willfully ignorant people or they're evil. There really isn't an in uh, middle of the road here. The White House staff itself has many aggrieved people, aggrieved that we're supporting Israel and we're just we're not doing enough for the Palestinian people. We're doing a lot for the Palestinian people. We're helping Israel exterminate Hamas. Hamas that keeps these people as human seals. Hamas that deprives these people of water. Hamas that deprives these people of fuel. Hamas that deprives these people of food. Hamas that deprives these people of peace. Wipe out Hamas. You bring peace, water, food, and fuel to the people of the Palestinian territory of Gaza. But these people don't really care about all of that. They care about hating Jews. And those of you who are Jewish and you tend to vote Democrat, you should be aware and have your eyes open about the struggle sessions inside the Secretary of State's office and at the White House of pro-Hamas supporters, this administration is filled with people who want the Jewish people dead. This administration has blood on its hands this administration funded Iran, and Iran used that money knowingly by the White House to fund Hamas. And here we are, here we are at the end of this month of nightmares, not just for Israel, but for the Jewish people around the world. In Indianapolis, A person ran their car, ran her car, into a home that she believed were Jews. It actually turned out to be an anti-Semitic organization that uses Israel in its name. But this woman, who the police are labeling a terrorist, drove her car into the home of a group she believed were sympathetic to Israel or Jewish. In New York... Pro-Hamas supporters have marched in the streets and at the White House. They've defaced the statue of the Marquis of Lafayette and they put up Palestinian flags. In London, they beat up people who were carrying British flags and wearing poppies for war remembrance and repl- and, and tore down the, the flowers at the the war monument there and put up the Palestinian flag. The people who waved the Palestinian flag say they care about the Palestinian people and yet they do not call for Hamas to lay down their arms. They do not call for Hamas to release the hostages. They do not call for Hamas to surrender. They call for Israel to stop what they call Israel's genocide because they don't believe Israel or Jews have a right to self-defense because they support the extermination of the Jewish people and they're being more and more brazen and open about it one month into this nightmare. I want my Jewish friends to know I'm on your side, not for some kooky misinterpretation of the Bible, but because I can see good and evil, and I want the evil exterminated, and that evil goes by the name Hamas. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. I got a question. We're now in November. What happened to all the hurricanes? In... March, or no, when was this? May, May 25th, the NOAA said they expected a less active than recent years hurricane season because of a number of factors. But then in August, they revised it and said uh, the NOAA in, in August now has revised its projections and believes in an above normal level of activity. The above normal prediction is a change from the May outlook, which showed that for the first time in eight years, there would be a near normal number of storms. Early in the season, they forecasted 12 to 17 named storms, and now they say 14 to 21 in August, with about half, upwards of basically 10 or 11, becoming full-blown hurricanes. There had been five already uh, named storms so far in the year, and they said this is an El Nino year, and typically the climate pattern creates wind conditions that disrupt hurricanes, but the warmer water is likely to counterbalance that effect. Now, to be clear, there were a total number of uh, 21 depressions, 20 storms, seven hurricanes, only three of which were major hurricanes. The media led us to believe there would be a whole lot more blowing ashore in the United States. They did all sorts of estimates on how terrible it was going to be. And yet, where are all the hurricanes? They didn't come ashore at all. Um, It's just notable. What's also notable is if you do business with Patriot Mobile, Patriot Mobile is going to fund the conservative movement with the profits you help them grow. And all you have to do is go to PatriotMobile.com Eric today to sign up for their service. You can move your phone number, existing phone number to them, or you get a brand new phone number. You go to PatriotMobile.com Eric, PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them at 972-PATRIOT, tell them I sent you, you get free activation with my name. You get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers you are probably already using. And then as they grow their profits, they grow their giving to the conservative causes you care about and include conservative candidates running for school boards around the country, something you might want to support. And all you have to do is move your cell phone service. It's very easy to do over your phone, You just call Patriot Mobile at 972-PATRIOT or go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Put in your info. They can roll you over, even use your existing phone, and give you your same phone number back. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT, tell them I sent you. get free activation using my name. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, we got to talk about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. A word, if you will, to Democrats who might be listening right now. You savaged Donald Trump after the Tiki Torch whites marched through Charlottesville, Virginia, and Trump said there were good people on both sides. Barack Obama and Joe Biden have both now said the same about this Israel-Hamas fight. Uh, No moral clarity there, just moral relativism from each of them, Uh, which I I find very notable for all the blasting of Donald Trump. And by the way, he was taken out of context then. You've got Biden and Obama both saying uh, there are good people on both sides here between Hamas that beheaded babies and Israel. Good people on both sides. You got problems. Problems. It is remarkable to me that Donald Trump's popularity or support for Donald Trump has gone up after his indictments among independent voters. Joe Biden is in free fall. Joe Biden is catering. For all of your smug lecturing of moral superiority on the left, there aren't really anybody on the right marching in the streets calling for genocide against the Jewish people, death to the Jews, and the elimination of the Jewish state. You all own that for for years now whenever i complained about donald trump there would be some progress say that's your party mr erickson that's your party Well, you know what? This is your party, Democrats. Your party supports genocide of the Jews. Y'all support a second holocaust. This is your party. You got Rashida Tlaib supports another holocaust. Ilhan Omar wants to wipe out the Jews, and Joe Biden is too chicken to call them out. Whenever Joe Biden tries to call out the anti-Semitism on his side, he's like, well, we must also deal with the Islamophobia. I'm sorry. That's not really an issue right now, Joe. But in your moral relativism, you can't be the clarion call for righteousness. That's your party, Democrats. Your guy in charge, your dementia-addled old man, can't work with clarity, moral clarity, because your party is riddled with anti-Semitic people. It's just true. Whether you want to hear it or not, it's true. You've lectured me and everyone else about January 6th and Donald Trump and the like. Well, your party is filled with people who actually support genocide. And as a result, guess what? Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden. Trump leads in five critical states as voters blast Biden, according to the Times-Siena poll. Now, 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 you just remember, for perspective, what are we dealing with? The Siena College poll was the most accurate poll in 2020 and 2022. The Siena College poll was the poll that picked up the Democrats' surge in 2022 Many of us, myself included, thought, well, it must be wrong. It wasn't. It was dialed in. This is why Democrats, by the way, are panicking. This is why Democrats today are freaked out. This isn't just any poll. This is one of the most accurate pollsters in the country. If the election were held today, Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden in Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Joe Biden would hold Wisconsin. If Joe Biden loses Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, he loses the election. The president trails Trump by an average of 48 to 44 percent. This is from the New York Times. Discontent pulsates throughout the Times-China poll, with a majority of voters saying Mr. Biden's policies have personally hurt them. The survey reveals the extent to which the multiracial and multigenerational coalition that backed Mr. Biden is fraying. Demographic groups that backed Mr. Biden by landslide margins in 2020 are now far more closely contested as two-thirds of the electorate sees the country moving in the wrong direction. Voters under 30 favor Mr. Biden by only a single percentage point. His lead among Hispanic voters is down to single digits. His advantage in urban areas is half of Mr. Trump's edge in rural regions. And while women still favored Mr. Biden, men preferred Mr. Trump by twice as large a margin, reversing the gender advantage that fueled so many Democratic gains in recent years. Black voters are now registering 22 percent support in these states for Mr. Trump, a level unseen in presidential politics for a Republican in modern times. Add it all together and Mr. Trump wins by 10 points in Nevada, six points in Georgia, five points in Arizona, five points in Michigan, four points in Pennsylvania. Mr. Biden maintains a two-point edge in Wisconsin. In a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the further Mr. Biden was behind. He led only in the whitest of the six. Here's the worst problem for Joe Biden in this polling. The worst problem for Joe Biden in the New York Times-Siena College polling is that voters of every age group are still old enough to remember what the world was like under Donald Trump. And while they worried Donald Trump could, could start World War III with a mean tweet, they kind of feel like Joe Biden with his policies has started it. And while they worried about the economy under Donald Trump, it was still better than it is under Joe Biden. And while they worried about crime under Donald Trump, the crime rates were far less than under Joe Biden. By every measure, the world and the United States were better with Donald Trump in the White House than Joe Biden in the White House, and voters of all ages, from the youngest to the oldest, remember that. They were all alive for the Trump administration, and they're all alive for the Biden administration, and the contrast is pretty striking. Now, it's not all good news for Republicans. We're a year away. Those black voters, they probably don't actually go for Donald Trump. They might sit home. That's bad enough for Joe Biden. Two-thirds of voters don't want Trump or Biden. In fact, the worst trend for Donald Trump here is that if it's Biden versus Trump, a lot of voters might sit down and stay home, and that would give Joe Biden an advantage. Why? Because Democrats are far more radicalized with Trump as the nominee than Trump voters are with Biden as the nominee. In other words, Donald Trump fires up the Democratic base more than Joe Biden fires up the Republican base. If you have a bunch of people who hate both sides and they stay home, the most fired up side becomes the Democrats, and that helps Joe Biden. Donald Trump remains deeply polarizing, and he's not going to have any money. Honestly, that's the biggest issue here among everything else for Donald Trump is when the Democrats being fired up so much by Trump and Trump is not going to have the money uh, because it's all going to lawyers. He's not going to have the money to get the swing voters out. He's not going to have the money to do a grassroots door to door campaign. He's not going to have the money for that stuff. And Biden can take advantage of that. But overall, the numbers are way more brutal for Joe Biden than they are for Donald Trump. This is from Nate Cohen, uh, who's the polling strategist and, and writer for The New York Times. Four years ago, Joe Biden was the electability candidate, the broadly appealing moderate Democrat from Scranton who promised to win the white working class voters who elected Donald Trump. There are few signs of that electoral strength today. In The New York Times, Siena College polls, Mr. Trump leads Mr. Biden in five of the six battleground states likely to decide the presidency. Overall, Mr. Trump leads 48 to 44 among registered voters across six states. With one year to go until the election, there's plenty of time for the race to change. In contrast with four years ago, the poll finds a disengaged, disaffected, and dissatisfied electorate setting the stage for a potentially volatile race. The poll contains considerable evidence that it shouldn't necessarily be daunting for Democrats to reassemble their coalition, but even if Mr. Trump remains imminently beatable, the poll suggests it may nonetheless be quite challenging for Joe Biden himself. And then also in the New York Times, today, from John Della Volpe, he was the director of polling at the Institute for Politics at Harvard's Kennedy School and has overseen its youth poll since 2000. In an Economist YouGov survey of U.S. adults, more than a third of respondents aged 18 to 29 reported that Israel's government's response to the October 7th attack is too harsh. Likewise, most believe Hamas committed war crimes against Israel, but they still don't like what Israel's doing and they're angry with Joe Biden's response supporting Israel. It's not just that. A Pew research study shows that be- ages 18 to 29, follow current events less closely than when Mr. Trump was in office, but they're not happy with the economy that they're feeling. They don't have to follow the news closely to know they don't feel good in the economy. Young voters don't like Biden. Old voters don't like Biden. Black voters don't like Biden. Hispanic voters don't like Biden. Women don't like Biden. Married women in particular, single women, are the only group of women in America, the only group of voters in America Joe Biden does well with, single women. Married women hate him. Single men hating, married men hating, black voters hating, Hispanic voters hating, white voters hating, blue collar voters hating. It's remarkable. David Axelrod, who is the chief strategist for Barack Obama, is actually on Twitter melting down over this, saying it might be time for Joe Biden to go away. You've got Ron Klein, the former Biden chief of staff, attacking David Axelrod over this, but David Axelrod knows his stuff. And the Siena College polling, it's an accurate pollster. There's a bitter irony for Joe Biden in all of this. Joe Biden in 2020 was the only candidate polls regularly showed could beat Donald Trump. And in 2024, he's the only Democrat who could lose to Donald Trump. It is true. Other Republicans do better. Nikki Haley outpaces every other Republican in the Siena College polling as likely to beat Joe Biden, but Ron DeSantis does good too. Donald Trump doesn't do great, but he still wins. In 2020, Jill Biden decided Joe needed to run because someone needed to stop Donald Trump, and he was the only one who could do it. In 2024, Jill Biden, I think, likes living in the White House, and she doesn't want Joe to give up the job. Frankly, the Biden family needs Joe Biden to stay president so they can keep profiting. But the bitter irony is, as the Biden family profits by Joe being president, they also put him up to be the one Democrat to lose the White House to Donald Trump. He ran to stop Trump. He says he's running again to stop Trump. If Joe Biden really wants to stop Trump at this point, he needs to go away and take Kamala Harris with him, and he's not going to do that because Hunter and his brother and everybody else needs him in the White House so they can keep making coin. It's kind of funny to watch this, actually. Think about this, y'all, for perspective. One, two, three, four indictments against Donald Trump, four indictments, one of which he really could be found guilty, the, the classified documents case. The one in Georgia, not looking good for him. He's got the civil lawsuit in New York city and what's happened since all of this, he's now in a better position to beat Joe Biden than he was beforehand. The Democrats strategy of indict Trump to destroy him has just elevated him. And now you've got a president of the United States who can't find his way off stage, who needs to be able to find his way off the ballot but his wife and those around him refuse to let it go they want to stop donald trump so bad they're about to get donald trump back in the white house there's a bit of hilarious irony to all of that americans for prosperity is making sure people know how bad biden and the biden economy are all you need to do to sign up and join afp in this fight is to go to americansforprosperity.org/eric Americans for Prosperity is a group committed to free markets and free people. They're committed to limited government. The real conservatives who want to roll back the growth of Washington and understand you can't be free if Washington is a leviathan, so they want to slay the leviathan. They want to teach Americans how bad Bidenomics actually is and what you can do to fix the economy and fix what's wrong with the country and fix schools by giving school choice. They want you in that fight. They want you on their side. Americansforprosperity.org. Eric americansforprosperity.org slash erick. Go sign up with them. If you're committed to free markets and free people around the world, Americans for Prosperity is too. And in this country, they lead the fight. They're not a think tank. They're a do tank. They get into the states and they do the work of the conservative movement. They don't just trade white papers. They train an army of activists to fight for freedom. Americansforprosperity.org slash erick. Go sign up with them today. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help you even in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Our latest affiliate, Knox, K-N-O-X, in Grand Forks, North Dakota. If you're listening up there, First Liberty can help your business grow. If you're listening in Kalispell, Montana or Salem, Oregon or anywhere we've got an affiliate or anywhere in the 50 states, if you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, growing a franchise, expanding, buying out a business partner, those are the deals First Liberty specializes in helping businesses. Reach out to them, First Liberty GA. If you need two hundred fifty thousand dollars or more, not less than that, but more than that, two fifty or more, reach out firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you firstlibertyga.com. Now. I have a friend who lives out in Sacramento. His name is Bill, and he's probably listening, and he has been sending me stories about Gavin Newsom's round-the-world trip. Newsom's been in China, and it was not just a meeting with Xi Jinping. It was also very clearly a photo op designed to make him look presidential. Um, Bill Clinton did these sorts of things, uh, touring the world as governor when he was thinking of running for president. Others do, and and now it's Gavin Newsom's turn. He's looking presidential. And I got to tell you, I don't think this is about 2028. I think it's about 2024. I think Newsom sees the polling and understands the writing on the wall that Joe Biden's time is up, and he's trying to position himself because he knows how deeply unpopular Kamala Harris is. And Newsom wants the job. There's a problem, however, for Newsom if the republic if the democrats swap out biden that might give republicans the chance to swap out trump and if they do newsom's going to have a very hard time because as photogenic a politician as he might be he's also deeply deeply progressive and has supported everything from taking uh trans kids out of their parents' houses in the name of trans rights to Uh, you mass unionization and all sorts of stuff. There's lots of oppo out there on Gavin Newsom that the American mainstream media ignores because he's Gavin Newsom and they like him. But it's not going to be ignored by Fox News or Newsmax or voices on the Internet or talk radio show hosts or anything else. Newsom is not the guy for the Democrats, but he has convinced himself he is. And in his PR campaign, He's presenting himself as a youthful liberal for Democrats to move beyond Joe Biden, and that might help Gavin Newsom, but it would not help the Democratic Party come 2024, given the way Newsom works and his policy positions. But I got to acknowledge, it's savvy. It, it actually is a savvy PR effort by Gavin Newsom, and it is very clearly designed to make him look presidential. So much so, and so aggressively, again, I don't think this is about 28, I think it's about 24. Gavin is setting himself up to be Joe Biden's replacement. He's got a shadow campaign out there. He understands that Buttigieg couldn't do it and Kamala Harris couldn't do it. There's no one else out there that he can think of. Uh, Meanwhile, you've got uh, some like uh, Republican strategists who have moved to the left, who are sympathetic to the Democrats. They're putting up Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan thinking she would actually be more acceptable than a Gavin Newsom. And they're beginning to rumble and say, can we get Gretchen Whitmer in this race? She would shut Joe Biden down and force him out of the race. Newsom might force Biden out. Biden at least would have to fight. Dean, what's his name, Phillips or whatever that's gotten in there? There's no. There's nothing there. Democrats aren't excited about that guy. He's getting no traction. But Democrats, y'all got problems Donald Trump is under four indictments, probably going to be convicted in at least one case. And independent voters, black voters and Hispanic voters still think, I'd rather that guy than this guy because this guy screwed up the economy and he doesn't recognize it's his problem. But he's calling it Bidenomics, which means he owns it. The voters want a fresh face. Which party is going to be smart enough to give them a fresh face might determine which party wins in 2024 when we come back. Ronda Santos gets a big endorsement in Iowa.